Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me Mike Krausen. Now, I think I met you. I'm not sure if it was through Matt Vincent or George Bryant. George, I meet pretty much everyone through. Somehow, we made that connection. Uh, But it's kind of like the first time we've actually really gotten to talk. So give us a little bit of your background, what you do, and uh, how you help people. Yeah, man. So I think, actually, we came across each other because I uh, was invited to an event that George was with Rob Bailey Mm -hmm. uh, inside his mentorship group that I've been a part of for quite some time now. But man, my, my story is kind of all over the place. Um, Born and raised in Alabama, 23 years, grew up working hard for my dad in construction. I always thought that's what I was going to do. And that's what I was going to take over. And then when I turned uh, 19, I was like, dad, I'm going to go to college, which he was like, yeah, you are, you don't have a choice, but you're paying for it. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) He was like, I've, I've taught you to use your hands. Now I want you to go to use your brain. It's like, oh, you always have something to fall back on, worst case now. And it really hit me because I thought, man, like surely he would want me to take over the family business. And from there, I just kind of was always just confident. He always put so much confidence in me doing it. So went to college, started personal training, uh, got really big into fitness, bodybuilding, um did a photo shoot and it turned out pretty well apparently got some book covers and moved to new york to do fitness modeling back when i had a little bit more hair and uh turned out that wasn't for me and uh got a job with supplement company learned how social media worked um two and a half years did that and i was like i'm i'm ready to kind of go back and do my own thing and um started online coaching started uh, inside the fitness industry Started working with a lot of bodybuilders, um, you know, shout out to Guy's sister, Nino. Uh, if anybody knows who that is, he is the one that put me on the map uh, and gave me a chance and then brought me other people. And so from there, I've been doing e-commerce marketing and so much. So I also now have a uh, coffee company called Coffee Over Cardio, nice. um, which has been um, very successful. And I'm super proud and happy of that. And it's kind of come all full circle, man. So I work with a lot of big people in the uh, marketing space where we'll do, you know, websites, emails, et cetera, et cetera. And now I'm back to helping fitness coaches. Yeah. Now that's helping scale their business because <laughs> that's that's, awesome. my passion was there. And so I came back to that space now that I'm able to. And um, now I'm going back and helping the younger me because I needed that help so desperately back then. <laughs> No, that's perfect. And I love what you said. You, your dad's like, you're going to do it, but I'm going to make you pay for it. But he still empowered you because, hey, I'm going to give you a skill set, but go chase your dreams, do the things that you do. And it does sound like you just kind of like went the full circle. You know, you started and tried one thing and then adapted and adapted and became the person you are, which I love. How did you get the, what, do you think it was your dad or the circle you're in that got you the fortitude to be able to make that shift? Because a lot of times people get caught in that niche and they just stay there. Yeah, um, that's a great question. So my dad always told me, like, you can do anything you put your mind to, even though he never told me I could be an accountant. I didn't even know that was a job until I went to college. I just thought the only way you're going to make money 
is to work for yourself. I didn't know there was another thing. It just was never taught to me. He was like, you can be a plumber, you can be an electrician, make good money. And I always just thought that's the way it was. And so the thought of getting a job working for someone else was never like, this is what I'm going to do. I always thought I'm just going to figure it out. And so moving to New York and then leave with no job and then moving back to Alabama for six months. And then I met with a guy um, really wealthy and he was like, you made a mistake. You need to leave immediately. You need to get out of this small town. Don't get stuck. Mm-hmm. So in six months later, I moved to LA and then six months later, I moved to Dallas. No jobs, just I'll figure it out. <laughs> and so that's what I've always done. And even when times times get tough, like I've still just power through. And you know what? At the end of the day, like it's going to be all right. I'm going to figure it out. I can help somebody do something and collect a paycheck one way or another. Yeah. No, and I love that because I think a lot of times people have an idea or a dream, but they get scared to step out into or scared to launch and do it. But you just have always had that mentality. Okay, cool. If I eat ramen for a little bit, whatever, I'm going to make it work. And you made all this different moves. So for someone that's just starting out and they're trying to formulate, okay, what they want to do, do you have like a a way that you help them with that? Or how would you approach that? Yeah. So when it comes to sales, right, because sales is everything. If you don't focus on selling, then you're not going to make any money and you're going to collect a paycheck from someone else. So if you want to do your own thing or you want to be become a great salesman, you got to focus on, and this is something I preach all the time, man, is that no one's going to buy from you until they buy into you. Mm-hmm. So get them to buy into you, then they'll buy from you. It might not be today, but it will be in time. And so the only way you really get somebody to buy into you is that you need to get off the high horse, get off the entitlement that everything requires a paycheck for you to do, and you just give. Mm-hmm. And the more free value, and of course, values of term used all the time, but it's like, if I can help you make a dollar for free, you're going to come back and pay me to help you make $2. Yep. And so giving that little extra umph, right? So it's a fitness coach. I'm going to help you this week with your macros, and then you're going to see results. And then if you don't pay me, you're going to tell so-and-so that Mike helped me do this, and then it's going to come around first circle. So focus on giving first. Have them buy into, you know what you're talking about and you're going out of your way and then you'll be able to sell and then essentially build your business and make money. Um, But too many times I find when people are coming from a corporate side and then going into entrepreneurship, they're so used to negotiating their paycheck, they do nothing Mm -hmm. for free anymore. And I never had that. So I always was like, how do I get this person to love me so they'll pay me? And so I've always tried to give, give, give. And I oftentimes have overgiven to do things. But at the same time, it pays off. You just don't see it. Yeah. I wouldn't have been invited to that event to speak beside, you know, the great George Bryant with Rob Bailey if I didn't give to get in that position. Yeah. Right? Well, it's it's like that book, The Go-Giver. Have you read that by uh, Jennifer? I, I have not. I Funny enough, I actually just started reading one year ago and I'm 33 years old. And I <laughs> every day I'm like, why did I not start sooner? No, I got you. I like it, it's such a good book. But what you pretty much just laid out is what he teaches in the book where you give first and you bring the value and you you help other people and it will come back to you in a way. It's like a lot of times like you and I agree with you with in the corporate world. Everyone's like, well, yeah, sure. I can help you if you pay. But you never get 
the ability to help as many people or the people that you're going to help. Maybe you help this one guy for free, but then he refers you to 10 people that are there. Or it gets you into a network that you need to where now you're speaking, like with Rob Bailey and George Bright and all those other people. If you wouldn't have been giving how you had before, you wouldn't have gotten there. Yeah. And another thing, too, and I'll give this little piece of advice for you guys listening. Whenever you try to make a sale really hard close and you haven't provided value and your only option is to go discount, that's going to be the worst person you've ever had hire you. 100%. But if you gave free and then they come back and pay full price, they're going to be the best client ever. Mm -hmm. But when you have to like, when you're so worried about making the sale, you discount it. They've won the battle because that's how you're viewing it. It's like, I have to win. I have to win instead of I have to help. And then they're forever going to want a discount, forever wanting to want more from you than what you originally offered because you set the guidelines of I'll do whatever it is that you need for a dollar instead of I'm just going to help you because I want you to win and want you to succeed no matter what it is. Yeah. And there's, yeah. there's a, an appreciation that goes to you helping for free that they're willing to pay full price when the time comes. Mm -hmm. Well, and it makes so much sense because if you're at least four times the value of your cost – People will buy if you're at least giving them the extra value and then coming back and helping them and doing more. Not only are they going to buy, they're going to tell everyone else. Now, if you, I, I, I've been in sales twenty, well, sixteen years, and if you, yeah, I've seen so many people just do the super price break, super price break, super price break. They never have referrals, they never have anyone that grows, and they're always hanging on that last one. It's almost like an energy exchange in my mind. It's like you know what? Am I giving because I want to take something from you, or am I giving because I'm going to help you and it will come back to me? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, no, I love that. So what do you do? Because I know you're into fitness. I know you're into coffee. You're running multiple businesses. You're speaking and all. Do you have like a daily routine? I, I know the answer here, but I'm, I'm giving you a softball question that you probably get every time. What is your like daily routine to be successful? You know, that's something I've been trying to develop over the last few years and really the last year. Um, so I went through a lot of personal stuff and I was like, I need to reassess where I'm at in life. I hang so much success on how well the business does. And that obviously changes every single month. And my value as a person shouldn't change monthly, right? Yep. <laughs> but it has for so long. Um, so anybody that's listening, if, if that's how you view yourself, you need to go back and look at your past trauma of how you were raised because you are good enough. Let me just tell you right now. But my daily routine essentially looks like I wake up 4, 4.30, give or take, try to get to bed on a decent time. I like to read have a cup of coffee, um, make it to the gym. Obviously not right now because Dallas is frozen. Yeah. Um, but try to make it to the gym and try to get the office by eight. Um, there is a book. Um, what is it called? I think it's the like the one thing. It's a yellow book. I can't remember what it's called. But essentially, it's kind of like breaking out your hours so that it's like dedicated you time to work mm -hmm. on what you need to do to move the business. And that's something also George talks about a lot. And I try to focus on doing that, but oftentimes I find myself getting caught up in everyone else's stuff, yep. right? As a business owner, you've got, you're pulled in multiple directions and I'm pulled way too many directions. Um, but that's essentially like how my day goes. And then as things start to lighten up, I'll get back into my own routine. And then I'm usually leaving the office around 6.30. My girlfriend would say, you're lying more closer to 7, <laughs> 7.15. Yeah. Um, and I try to set alarms on my phone to like make sure I do certain things. Like you need to eat, you need to drink, 
you need to do this, that, whatever. You need to go home, be a good spouse, good partner. And because we get caught up sometimes in our own stuff. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'll tell you, I, I am in go, go, go mode. I'm 11 hours, five days a week at the office. Um, but I've been working a lot of new projects and I'm I'm in it. So while I'm yep. in it, I'm going to take advantage of it. And then when those days come where I don't want to do something, I'll slow back a little bit. But I'm disciplined by nature, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm competed in 13 different shows. I've done a lot of things. I stay in good shape. And so for me, like the option of like being lazy is just never been there. And no. there's a lot of people that are right. And understand this guys, if you're in the corporate world, we want to do as little as we can get paid the most we can. When you work for yourself, that shit don't fly. Not at all. <laughs> right. Because if you slack, everything slacks. And because you're at the top, everyone looks up to you. So if you're not actually the one doing the most and working the hardest, then how can you expect anyone around you to do the same thing? Right. And so when when you're the hardest working person in your circle, those people are gonna look up to you. The problem is, is you got to check yourself and make sure that you're not you're not the only one around you that is working hard. And that's why all the other people around you need to be a level up from you. So mm-hmm. that you can continue to aspire to be better and bring in new fresh ideas because like if if you're the king of the jungle for too long, somebody's gonna test it and take it over. Yeah. No, I loved a bunch of what you said there. So most entrepreneurs and, and yeah, I've, I've dealt in the corporate world for a long time and people just do barely enough. And then you get into the entrepreneurial space and everyone's like trying to almost, and not in the way outdo each other, but they're like, I got to go. I got to do it. Cause everything stops on you. And I think you're right. You have to schedule. Like I schedule times to do things. Like I schedule times in the afternoon to sometimes actually go and just sit and do a stillness practice or go for mm-hmm. a walk or do something to refuel me. Because if I don't, I'm going to get burnt out. The other yep. thing you said that, like is that because you're the leader you're surrounding yourself with people that are maybe not higher than you in per se but they are in your mind you know they're farther along and you're leveling up and you're growing how big has circles in the right environment helped you with your business to grow and become who you are all right so this one actually has been really really big for me for so long i was like top dog and I mean that in the sense of like, just the people I talk to, I'm the only one doing it, right? Mm-hmm. All of my friends, like local friends, corporate jobs. Yep. No one gets anything that I do to any degree. And that's okay, right? So I go hang out with these guys and these girls to more or less decompress and not talk about work as much as I can, because that's all I do. I mm-hmm. love it. For me, it's a really hard balance when they say balance, right? No work, home life, and then work. And you got this nice little even keel. (laughs) Your bills got to get paid regardless. I don't care where you sleep or what you're doing in your off time. And so for me, I'll I'll tell you a short story here. So two years ago, I guess about a year and a half ago, um, I was going through a divorce. And my buddy, Sean Vasquez, owner of Pride Foods, um, was like, hey, you're coming to the Olympia with me, which is a Mr. Olympia, the bodybuilding show. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I don't want to go. He was like, you're going. Buy the ticket. And he knew I could just use points because we ship when you use credit cards. So he knew I could just fly for free. Yep. He's like, come stay with me. I was like, fine. So I book it. He introduces me to Rob Bailey. I followed Rob Bailey for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. 
so much so that like when I was like 21, I dressed up as Rob at for Halloween. <laughs> nice. Like a, when I did a photo shoot, when I was doing all my photo shoots and like his apparel and whatnot. And I just like really looked up to him because he just had this tenacity. And I was like, I just, I didn't have it in my life. And he was the only one that did it. Mm-hmm. Well, I met him in person and I talked to him and I joined his uh, coaching group um, for business owners. And I went to his event and then went to another event, started to build a relationship. And now I work on three of his brands on the marketing agency. Mm-hmm. And now I have, I can just call him at any time. And then I can call George and I can call Matt Vincent and me and Matt talked yesterday. And so like, if I didn't go do something and get out of my freaking little space yep, and get out there and show up to events and do things and shake hands and kiss babies and like go out into the world, I would not be in the situation I'm in now, right? Would I still be successful, quotes? Sure. But I wouldn't have built up the relationships and really the confidence of being around bigger people and better people and in better positions than you're at. Mm-hmm. So by not going and doing, I would if I didn't go to that event, I wouldn't be on this podcast because I wouldn't have gone to that event until where we were able to connect. Right. Right. And so it's like the little things that like I'm such a big advocate of jumping, man. Mm-hmm. Like just just go, just do. And that's what's gonna allow to put you in a position to level up, to be successful, to build the group around you. And so the group around me now is completely changed to what it was 16 months ago, 18 months ago. And the truth is, is that now I have my own group, right? Mm-hmm. Teach marketing. Now I have my own software that I created. Now I have all these other ideas and, you know, people asking me for advice instead of me just asking them. And so it's like, you continue to build and build and build but if you just stay comfortable, man, inside your own little four quarter cubicle, you're never going to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so crazy you said that because it's kind of funny. I went to a different guy's event and met George Bryant. Then I ended up going to George Bryant's event and somehow connected with Matt Vincent. He was on the show. And then the last event I went to, Rob showed up and I got to talk with him for 15, 20 minutes, which was just cool. Like he's a mad cool dude. I've been following him, not yeah. to the level you have, but it's just like, it's funny how those circles and going to certain events and just doing things that will make you level up. I started a podcast because I met George. Like I wouldn't have had this podcast when I'd done this stuff because I was like, okay, I've been a top sales guy for 16 years now. At the time, I think it was like 14 and I'm bored. I've done the trips. My wife and I've gone to Disney. We've gone to Hawaii. We've gone and done all the fun stuff. I wanted to do more. So I started the podcasting and the coaching. And it's just funny how you said that. I'm like, that is just spot on and getting around people that you're not the top person. I love that. I think that that's amazing. So you have, oh, good. I was going to say, it's funny enough. So I went back to the Olympia this year, right? And that's actually when I went to uh, Rob's event at the Palms. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the Olympia. I don't really want to, but I'm going to go shake some hands, kiss some babies. So I went around and just, you know, hey, what's going on? Because like, I know this person, I know that person. So it's like building relationships. Well, I walk into a guy that I used to work with and he was like, hey, I actually was going to text you this week. I got a big project I want to work on. I'm hosting a massive event. Once you do the marketing for it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Here we are. And he's got like Shaquille O'Neal and all these big names and Christy, like massive event he's putting on in Miami, Florida. And I'm getting paid to do it. And then I'm building all these connections. And it's like, it wouldn't happen if I didn't go to the event 
and with the purpose of like just walking around to see who I could bump into. Mm-hmm. Not trying to like not get in anybody's way or this, that, but like you want to try to create a wave. You want to make a splash. And so going to an event and standing in the corner is a waste of your time and everyone else's. 100%. The whole point of an event is to hear one single sentence that strikes a chord in you and to meet three or four people that help you elevate mm-hmm. because they're all there on the same mission. And the, the biggest thing you could do is just open your freaking mouth and put your insecurities and fears aside and just be like, I'm here to better me. And I can't do that in the corner. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause like when I went to the first one of George's, I was at first, I was like a little nervous and I'm like, wait, I'm not the top guy. I don't have all this stuff. And then I just started talking to people like we do. And like, I got a client, I got a bunch of, and it was like, they don't, it's always our perception. I think it's never really their perception. They're just trying to do the stuff. And we hold ourselves back because our perception is, well, they're this person. And I've learned that if you just go and talk to people like normal, don't fanboy, don't be like, Oh, you're blah, blah. don't do that. Just be you. Yeah. They want to help people. They that's why they're there. No, I love that a lot. Yeah, because I I went to a, a vertical union event that uh, Keaton and Rob hosted, and I somewhat had an in in um, with Andy Frisella because um, my girlfriend Paula used to work for Andy for six years uh, at First Form, and they've got a really great relationship. And so I met him at Summer Smash, and then when I went to the vertical union event, I was talking to him, and. You have people that come up to somebody like that, right? And then they're like, hey, you know, what's going on? Blah, blah, and have conversation. And you have other people that come up and go, I just want you to know I'm the biggest fan. And the problem with, with doing something like that, and it has nothing to do with Andy or any of the large figures, right? They're just people. Yep. But you set yourself up as a fan mm-hmm. instead of a person. And so to have like deep conversation becomes difficult because you've set yourself up to where like you're putting them so far ahead of you and that now it's hard for somebody to see you on the same playing field because you're holding that person on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. You can respect somebody and not like, you know, uh, uh, yeah, not power down, but like bow down to them and whatnot. So it's like, whenever you're going out to these events, just be real authentic if you can Mm -hmm. make somebody laugh you're going to build a friend and and create a relationship and a mentor more so than you know the biggest fan i just cannot believe i got to meet you like if you go up to the rock and you make the rock laugh he's going to remember you if you go say i'm a big fan he's going to be like yep you you and 100 other people 100 person (laughs) that's heard that today yeah right so just be yourself i mean that but that sells by definition right Mm -hmm. You make somebody feel good on a phone call, they're going to remember you. If you try to come off hot and start selling yourself, you're just setting yourself up for failure or you're setting yourself up to pitch a discount, one or the other. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's just, it's so interesting. Cause like, even looking back now, the amount of people I've gotten to get on the show and the stuff, just because I just started conversations. I think that's a huge key in business in general. Um, for anyone listening, rewind this, listen to that part again. And when you go to an event next time, just be you. I just want people to remember that because like I've seen it and it's so weird because I've been to other people's events as well. And you just see like the whole parade and I'm just like, this person's getting something from it. This person's not going to get anything. Cause I mean, you don't want to be fanboyed. I'm, I'm sure that they hear it so much. They don't want to have that. Oh, I love you so much thing. That's going to be annoying after a while. 
Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are like bigger influencers on social media, right? Maybe not business owners, but just like big in the spotlight and they hate going to events. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's not there saying, Hey, how you doing? It's like, Oh my God, can we take a picture? And like, that's the first thing that comes to your mouth. And they're like, hi, how are you? Yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. they want to use and they want the prestige of being with the person instead of getting to know the person. And the yeah. key is get to know the person and then Maybe they'll have you take a picture. Maybe not. Who cares? You just talk to someone that's worth $12 million and has built businesses. Learn something. I mean, that's just how my mind <laughs> yes. works. I mean, I met a lot of famous people. I don't care. Like, I care about the value that they bring, who they are as a person, and that they're not an asshole. Those are my three key factors. So if they've Absolutely. hit that, we're good. <laughs> yes. So let's talk a little bit about your business stuff. So you have a coffee brand as well. Um, yep. Talk to me a little bit about that because I'm like a big coffee drinker. I drink espresso. I love that type of stuff. So... Sure. All right. So Coffee Over Cardio started in 2017. We just hit the five-year mark this past December. And it's been a wild ride. Um, for anybody that's looking to start a business, that's running a business, I can tell you right now, if you try to service everyone, you're going to service no one. Mm -hmm. So when we started, we said that I want to be Black Rifle, but the complete opposite. I want a nice community, like First Form. And I want to put a face to the brand like Flavor God did. Um, so we basically cultivated a coffee brand targeted towards women around flavors that basically I'm combating the big green monster um, and the calories and sugar. So we kind of are in the fitness space mm -hmm. uh, with health conscious coffee. So we have flavored coffees and we really lean in to women like yes men can drink my coffee however i've never put up an ad towards men ever mm -hmm. because it doesn't serve my community if anything it's going to have the women inside of it go now i don't feel as comfortable as i did now mm -hmm. that's funny being that like a male owner but uh, i had a partner at the time she was um basically the face of the brand and most people who had to work on the brand and communicating with customers are female or women but we're so much into the female space that like our pumpkin spice coffee is called basic AF. Nice. Right. So we like go all in and we have a few different products. We have a hydrate product, electrolyte product because caffeine's a natural diuretic. So we try mm -hmm. to, we want, we don't want to be a supplement company, but we want to be health conscious. And also have a, a creamer, which is an entropic creamer, which essentially helps you be a better person and kind of lights the candle from both ends. Um, caffeine on one end, and then basically think about like an alpha brain or something like that, that an atropic that helps you mental clarity, cognitive function. Really cool though about the brand is that actually we partnered with Dipping Dots. Oh, nice. So we have Dipping Dot flavored coffee, Dipping Dots flavored creamer, Dipping Dot flavored hydrate. And I'll tell you this also, we have not released it to the public directly, but we just partnered with Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles. Oh, so really looking forward to that coming out uh, in the spring of 23. That intrigues me. Now, I drink my coffee black with, with a little bit of sugar. So like I am more the black rifle guy, but I yep. love the niche because I think a lot of times people try to go too wide and you can't normally beat people going wide, but you can go deep and have depth. So that that's I had friends try to start a coffee company because they see success and they're like, I can do that. And then they just create a coffee. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something about competition. <laughs> when I was at that vertical union event, I told Annie Priscilla, I said, man, I wish you were my competition. 
And he laughed. And that's a really bold statement to say, yeah. right? Because he is massive, right? Mm -hmm. I'm kind of kidding when I say that, right? Um, because he's it's, it's about a damn near kilometer by now. So um, uh, let's, let's play a little game here. How many Starbucks um, locations do you think there are in the world? I think it's like I think there's like three million. It's like crazy. I know it's the largest food. Um, it is. Uh, it's twenty eight thousand as far as locations go. So I was way off. <laughs> here, here is the fun part. How many do you think are in the United States? Of twenty eight thousand, sixty percent, seven thousand locations. 25% of Starbucks is in the United States. Wow. Now think about how fucking big they really are. They're massive. Anywhere I've traveled, I've been to Malaysia, I see it. I've seen it <laughs> pretty much anywhere around the world where I've gone, there is a Starbucks. So when I talk about competition, <laughs> I got real competition. So that's why if you just come out with another coffee, it's not going to compete. There's no way to compete because you have oil, and then coffee. It's the second largest commodity in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's also like one of the longest running commodities as well. And so if you don't niche down in something so big, then you're not going to be able to get any traction and hold any space because you're not special. Yeah. Black Rifle is special because of the audience, not the bean. Mm -hmm. Right? I have flavors and I target women. So I kind of have two different pieces. But like you aren't my ideal audience. Nope. I sell like one non-flavored coffee out of 20 bags, if that, because it's not my audience. Yeah. And so if I try to service everyone, I'm not going to really service anyone because I just become another coffee brand instead of being something unique. It's the same thing when I started my business group. I was like, I'm going to talk about marketing and I'm going to service businesses. And it's like, Yes, marketing principles and sales principles are all the same. However, um, if no one's read the book, 100 Million Offers by Alex Ramosi, I That's highly, a great book. highly suggest it. Yep. But he talks about essentially niching down. And because you can niche down, you become an expert in the field and you can charge more money. And so an open group, I'm not able to really dive into a specific issue or problem because I'm talking to a construction worker and a apparel owner. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm talking to somebody that makes donuts. I'm talking to somebody that sells lunch boxes. Yeah. And it's like, so it's so across the board that I can't really niche down and, and charge a really good amount for it. Right. So everything's super broad. And so that's why I was like, okay, let's go back to my passion here for a second. Now I've essentially created a, a second type of group for fitness coaches, developed, I found a pain point uh, with communication prior. And, you know, working with the software, customize it to fit these uh, issues that they have, um, which has turned out to be fantastic because they, everyone has the same issues when it comes to selling a service. And um, essentially what I've learned in that space is like so many people, it's, it's a little side tension here, but like oftentimes we see people say, hey, like I have a link tree or an application page. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that a, a good website converts at 3%, right? That's a successful e-commerce website. Yeah. Right. But if you're selling 3% of 
on the service side, you're not going to make it. <laughs> so that means if a hundred people see your application page and then three fill it out and then you have to close them and you mm -hmm. close 33%, which be decent close rate yeah. to cold traffic, you're selling one out of a hundred. How many people you got to have to do that? Like that's a lot of money mm -hmm. that you got to put in ads because you sure as hell ain't going to get that organically. No. And so it's like, this is where that piece of like people buying into you before they buy from you is like, you need to create relationship first. We need to communicate first before you tell somebody to go take an action, like buy my, buy my service or mm -hmm. fill out this application. Cause that's just waiting for people that want to pay you. And that's only 20% of the people, right? 80% of people need five to 12 points of contact before they're going to feel comfortable. Yeah. And so, um, that's where it's like niching down, finding out that pain point for coaches. And then I went all in on that and it's been wildly successful. And because I can help a specific issue in the business. And so mm -hmm. when you talk about coffee, you know, women looking to cut calories and not having to drink this, you know, 300 calorie coffee and you know, whatnot. Um, I also think too, man, when it comes to sales and the marketing of your product is, like you want to focus on the emotions, not always the metrics. And what I mean by that is that when you're selling to somebody, I want to talk about not that you're buying coffee, but it's that if you drank a 300 calorie coffee six days a week, that's 27 pounds of fat a year. Yeah. Wow. Right? The $2,000 or mm -hmm. the 15 minutes minimum a day you waiting in line to get it, right? The emotions that come with it, not that you make your coffee at home. Mm -hmm. but the pain points that come with those pieces, right? Um, sales one-on-one. -on -one. I need yep. to focus on the emotion, not the metrics. It's not that you want to lose 20 pounds. It's that you want to be able to take pictures in the dressing room and not hate the way you look. Mm -hmm. It's that you want to be able to take pictures with your friends and not be hovered over in the corner trying to cover, cover your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but like, those are the things people relate to. So when it comes to sales and you're trying to create a product or something, you need to look at the big picture that the emotional attachment is to not just what it is that you're actually selling, but the why of what you're selling. Yeah. Well, no, I love that because 90% or 95% of people move because of pain, five because of pleasure, and you want to hit that emotional attachment to what they want, the end goal, not that you know they're going to save five bucks or do the other thing. And I think so many times people just get an idea or a fuzzy dream of what they want to do. But like you said, they don't niche down. They don't go deep and find that one problem that they can solve and then just keep doing it because they're like, well, Andy now has all these different things. Yeah, he started with one thing. All these mm -hmm. people that are successful went super deep on one thing and now they're branching out because they have extra money to branch out. It's yeah. learning to find what what problem you can solve? Like my whole mindset with sales now is, is problem solving. It's not icky. It's not bad. I help entrepreneurs with that. Like, you know, cause they'll be like, well, I don't know what to charge. Well, look, it's problem solving. You give them, you solve the problem. They're happy. They pay you. It's that simple. All right. It's also finding the problems that they don't know that they have yet. Mm -hmm. Right. And as you do it more and more, and just become more of an expert in the business, you know, you realize like, Based on my experience, these are the problems you're going to run into, right? So for those who can't see, I have like, I just got this in this week. It's kind of cool. It's a Shopify counter. I got 226,000 orders that came through the system. And I'm super proud of that. I'd like to double it at some point. However, if you only have 2,000 orders, I've got 225,000 orders more of experience. 
which allows me, I'm going to be able to help you understand that like, these are the problems that you haven't seen yet mm-hmm. that you're going to run into. And we look at little things like, well, it's just 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there. But as you scale, it becomes thousands here and thousands there. Right. Or when it comes to closing, it's like, well, 5% is not that big a deal. Well, it is when you got a thousand calls a month as a team. Yeah. Right. And so it's like the little things really add up. And I was talking to an investor one time. He was like, a lot of people need money because there's this vacuum and they don't realize they have a vacuum. And then the more money you have, if you don't fix the vacuum problem, yeah. it's just going to suck all that money right into that vacuum. Um, so just more money thinking I need that to help my company. Essentially, it's just going to lead to the same issue just on a bigger scale. Yeah. Well, you have to... <sighs> Where you're at now, when you're growing, expanding, becoming who you want to be with your business and stuff, you have to fix those holes. You can't just keep doing it or you're just going to bring it in, blow it out, bring it in, blow it out. I've seen so many sales guys that they live month to month and I'm like, dude, you are selling like crazy, but you have no block on the the outflow. You need to check both ends. That way you're good to go. And I think too many times, like you said, we just we want to make more money. But if you don't have it planned out and set how you need, it's just going to go away. Then you have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I it's funny because I just had a call on inventory uh, last night with my group. And it's one thing that I've had to struggle with is like understanding it's like every business has like five top sellers, right? Mm-hmm. But yet I've got 40 SKUs. Why? Because I'm trying to service everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want a mojito flavor? Let me make that for you. Oh, you want this? Let me make that for you. And it's like, I stopped servicing more people and cause I'm trying to like branch out and I realized like, well, you didn't get here by branching out. You need to like bring it back in. Mm-hmm. Right. So when it comes to sales too, and I'm sure you've probably talked about this before is like having too many offers. Yeah. Right. So somebody's only going to buy so many things. Right. So my average order value is 40 bucks. Well, that comes out to be an average of two and a half products per order. Why do I have 40 SKUs if the average order is two and a half products? Yeah. It literally makes no sense. And I think so we think we need to. I think that's the problem. People think that they need to have all these different options. And in reality, they don't. Right. But if you look at if you look at the the freaking Snuggie or you look at the Sham Wow, mm-hmm. one product made one man filthy rich. Because he focused on one thing and one thing only. So when you have too many options, you're just spreading yourself thin. You're spreading your money across your inventory or your your sales pitch is now so long because you're trying to talk about five different offers instead of just saying, here's my one offer, but I got two ways to pay. Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep simple. it simple. Keep it simple. Be direct. Hit your niche and you win. And yeah. It's so funny because you always see these people, they come out with this newest thing and they're always struggling. But then, like you said, the sham wow, someone did a pool noodle and they made millions of dollars off of a pool noodle. Sticky notes. I mean, that was a failed glue experience. Someone said, can I have the rights to it? They said, sure. And they made millions. It's crazy. Yeah, I think we always try to like come up with something new and innovative. But when you're coming out with a new product, what you're actually doing is just servicing the customers you already have. And so when you try to tack it on as another skew, the profits that you made from your current customer base, because not every customer is going to buy it, right? But we think that's the case and it never is. 
And so when you come out with a new SKU, you come out with a new product, all you're doing is just dumping money into inventory and it's sitting there. And now for you to make more money, what do you got to do? You think you got to come out with another SKU instead of having something that rolls off every month and it mm -hmm. goes away and then you take that money and reinvest it and you can pocket some, take that money, reinvest and pocket some, or a smarter move would be to put it towards marketing to sell your main five that got you there in the first place. Yeah. Well, and I think, and our buddy George talks about this, going back and doing the customer journey with your customers that have already bought, and they already told you what they liked, and you've already serviced them, and you made them happy, go back to them, keep them coming, keep them buying, keep them going, then ask them who they know, because they're probably going to like the same stuff that they like, because they're friends, and I think too many times we forget about our customers as well that we've already purchased, because we want to get the new one, and it's easier to keep the old ones and have referrals than it is to purchase a new one through marketing and advertising and all the craziness involved with that. Yeah. If you don't understand what lifetime value means, you're on for a long road. Yeah. Yeah. It's I've, crazy. I've been really blessed with a nice subscription model that I have. It's called a secret stash. And we come up with a new flavor every month and every month we're servicing those customers. And I've had customers, um, quite a few customers. Um, actually, you know, I'll share some data with you here. So I've had 80,000 give or take customers buy, right? Mm -hmm. Making up my 226,000 orders. So I think it's like 85, 84, something like that. Well, then the second order goes down to 25,000. Mm -hmm. And the third order goes down to 15. 10 order plus is 5,000. Yeah. So you're going to have a drop off. However, it's a lot more expensive to get a new one than it is to keep one, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't have marketing costs at that point. But I've got people that once you get to like three orders, you kind of stick. So my objective is to make the one, two, and three orders the best experience possible. Yep. And that's an ever-evolving piece. And like, don't ask me for the secret recipe because it's different for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But essentially is like, I got people that have ordered 50 and 60 times. Mm -hmm. I haven't ordered off Amazon 50 times in my life. And you've purchased from one company 50 times. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, but how did that happen? And it's again, going back to George models, like focusing on a subscription, focusing on something that's different and unique and trying not to come out with a lot of crazy things where all of a sudden you start to spread your quality thin because you can't focus on making what you have better. No, I love that. So we've been talking about a lot of the different things you do and all. Where can people find you at? Sure. So my coffee company, Coffee Over Cardio, that's the Instagram or coffeeovercardio.com. Myself personally is Mike underscore Krausen, C-R-O-W-S-O-N. Um, both those are on Instagram. That's my biggest piece. Um, I'm never on LinkedIn, even though I have one. It's a big downfall, but I'm a social guy through and through. Um but that's essentially where I hang out the most. Um, those are the the two places between coffee and through my personal. Personal brand's big. If you guys don't have one, you should really work on one. Mm -hmm. um, because with my personal brand, I'm able to pivot and do multiple different things, which is how I'm able to go from marketing to coaching to fitness coaching, et cetera, um, versus building a business with not a face um, and not around myself. So basically means that if I wanted to, Mike Krause can go try to sell socks tomorrow if you want to. Yeah. So how do you, so, I, cause we're not done. I just always like to put that in the middle. That yeah, way people sure, don't sneak you. to the end and miss it. How do you 
build a personal brand because like you have i was it like 25 to thirty thousand followers on instagram if i looked right yeah um i'm not the best at it i'll tell you that but i can tell you what does the best that i found coaching other people and myself and it's first off stop worrying about the number and worry on the quality and the engagement that you're going to get from those people Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is that every new follower you get, you should thank them for following you. No one does this. But I promise you, if you go follow my Coffee Over Cardio account, you will get a video mm-hmm. from myself or somebody on the team thanking you for following us and showing us some love. And if you got any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. We're here to serve. Yeah, you sent me a video. Like literally, I remember, that's why I reached out to you because I seen you were going to be on the stage with George and Matt in – Rob Bailey and I'm like okay cool this guy's pretty cool so I started checking the people out and I just like followed you and then like I, I might have been an hour later max I got a video from you yeah I mean because it goes a long ways and so even if it's a video or a voice message followed up by some copy you know just here to serve and try to help and because it goes a long ways um so caring first mm-hmm. about the people that follow you not how many people follow you because I promise you right now if a thousand people paid you we would be perfectly okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, <laughs> care about them, send them a message saying thank you. Um, on top of that, storytelling goes a really long ways. And so what you're doing throughout your day, your captions, you know, having some body and some depth and educate inside your space. Um, everyone's good at something, man. You just got to know what it is. I don't care if it's you collect um, coins, Talk about it because people want to know it and you'll people will um, find you eventually and your content will then grow into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really big on setting up an Instagram bio. Uh, I think it's really, really, really important. And people view social media, social media. I mean, truthfully, your Instagram is your digital website and you just don't view it that way. You think, well, I just, it's just Instagram. No, it's not. It's your new business card. Mm-hmm. And so I like my first line of Instagram bio to state what I do lines two and three to talk about some accolades of what you've accomplished or what you've done and who you've helped. Your fourth one is your call to action, whatever that may be. I love to collect data from people. So mine is, Hey, join my private Facebook group for fitness coaches or copy my funnel. And you'll basically go in and kind of see what it is I do and how I do it as a marketer. Um, your highlights. I'm a big fan of not having those over seven weeks old. Because mm-hmm. whenever I get on a triage call with somebody and it's something for, you know, 240 weeks ago, dude, I was single, married, divorced, new girl yeah. within that time frame, right? So that content's irrelevant. And then your pin posts essentially are kind of like your gallery on your website. This is where you're going to have some of your good content, not your most viral content because viral doesn't create value. Mm-hmm. But having something that solidifies what it is you do, a nice image or a video or you speaking, and then that caption essentially being like a blog style or something that provides some good value. So that one, whenever you post a reel or you somebody shares your page or something, they come to it, they see what you do, who you've helped, how they can get in contact with you, some highlights of what you've done, and then those pinned posts are telling stories about what it is you do and highlighting your services or your products. Yeah, no, I love that. That that is amazing. Um, yeah, and and I love the way you 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 put it out. First, connection first. Make sure that they know that you care. Second, 
have it set up so it's simple and easy for them to follow you with what you're doing, your message, your what you who you are as a person. And third, just be you because you're going to attract the right people for you. You don't have to be Andy Frisella. You don't have to be someone else. You have to be you because yep. a lot of times I think I see too many people try to be whoever it is that they are super excited about and it fails and they don't understand you can't be someone else. You have to be originally you, and then that would draw the right people to you. So that that's that's great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other piece that goes along with that video, you know, sending that message is that don't wait on somebody else to break the ice. Mm-hmm. If you break the ice, right? Somebody followed you, which means they care about something as you're doing, right? They look up to you, or they like what you're doing. Or maybe they're inspired by something they saw of yours. And they're like, yeah, this is a really cool dude. Or like, I like this gal. Let me Mm -hmm. me give her a follow. And so by you breaking the ice, basically takes the person that's at the top, right? Because you're you're in charge at this point. And then you're reaching out to somebody. Technically, it's below you, a follower. And you're saying, hey, I appreciate you. Not them, because when they follow you, they're actually appreciating you. But it's like, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm actually going to flip that. And I appreciate you for coming here. And how can I help you in whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish? Yeah. Right. That right there, again, is liquid gold. I've had two people, three, three people do that. And they've all been mentioned on this podcast. You're one of them, George Bryant and Matt Vinton. All three of them, you have like sent me a video. And it wasn't like... I didn't realize how much it affected me, but I follow Matt and I follow George like crazy. And you are now in my circle and I've started following you. <laughs> and it's so funny that I think it's because connection matters so much and too many times it's too transactional in the space, on the internet. And all, there's that transactional feel. When you get someone that's genuine, you're naturally drawn to them. And that's how you win, again, with your niche and building your community and all. So that's brilliant. Yeah. As your brand builds, right, and you have more followers and more followers and more followers because you're building connections with people, which they share your content. No one's going to share your content if you don't connect with them. Mm-hmm. I don't share random people's stuff. No. I share people's stuff that I, like, engage with and care about. And so if you want your content to be shared, then you need to care about the people that are going to share it. And so yeah. – and as you build followers, the – importance of you increases on a virtual level right and so then when you receive a video from matt vincent with eighty thousand followers it's like oh shit matt just sent me a video how cool is that yeah and now what have you done you bought into him Mm -hmm. now i'm willing to buy from you because i'm buying into you oh i'm wearing his stuff right now this is hey (laughs) right now am i right now it's just funny because like that i'm just we're doing the story but like you're saying it and literally I went through that thing and it wasn't even one of those. It was just, I connected with his brand, with his message, with what he did. And mm-hmm. so now 800 bucks later, I bought a bunch of his shit. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So funny story. So when we started coffee back in 2017, we started sending those videos in early 2018. And so we've been doing it for a really long time. We got up to 130,000 followers now. Mm-hmm. So we've seen quite a few videos. However, in 2020, we really scaled. And because ads were doing well, and I went from spending 20000 a month to I spent $1.2 million in mm-hmm. advertisement in 2020 alone. And when you scale, and this is for everyone listening, 
Do not stop doing the things that got you to where you're at. We got to where we were getting so many followers a day because of the ad spend. We're just like, we just stop spending. We stop sending the videos. And then I look back, back and I'm like, why did we stop sending the videos? Why did you guys stop that? And I didn't know about it for months. Mm -hmm. And I was like, do you realize like that's the only reason we're here is because of the personal touch we're making? Like yeah. this, this woman, woman connection, right? You're focused on the sales. I need you to focus on the people. Mm -hmm. And so then we started basically that back up again. And, you know, to receive a message from somebody with 130,000 followers as a company, most companies don't even open your freaking mention when you tag them in a story post. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get a single mention that doesn't get opened and commented back to. I'm, I do not believe in double tap. Mm -hmm. Whatever they sent, I need you to send something longer back. I love that. <laughs> Dude, I love that. Like, this is like a Mark and Dean brainstorm. If people are actually listening to what you're saying, they're going to be successful because they cannot not be as long as they have a product and a service that will help solve a problem. Yes. Like you're giving away stuff here that is mind blowing yeah. that most people would charge $1,000 or $5,000 for a course. The thing about it is, Joe, 75% of the people listening ain't going to do it. I know. Action is everything, baby. Yep. You don't move to New York and move to LA and do all these things without a little bit of action. You got to take action. And so a lot of this stuff falls on deaf ears. Alex Ramosi said it. Um, he was like, if what you give away for free is better than what you actually sell, you're going to be successful. But the truth is, is like, why, why do we have fitness coaches? I can Google anything that I need. Yep. Yep. But I got to pay somebody to keep myself accountable because I can't take action. Mm -hmm. That's what it is, man. So yeah. I'm here to take anybody's money that wants to pay me. But at the same time, at the I, I hope that the, the things that I say people do, and then they'd be like, well, what else does Mike know? And now I'm really curious to come learn from them. Right. And so that's essentially how it's kind of built. But that's like me just adding value. Like I want people to. It's the younger me, Joe, mm -hmm. helping the younger me that didn't know these things or didn't start. And there's not a book that you can read that's going to fix everything, right? Everything's no. customized to fit your niche, right? That's why I'm so mad that I haven't read prior, but I feel like all the things I've talked about on social media could be a course. Mm -hmm. Like I do feel like it's a good amount of value and they could charge a good amount. But at the same time, that might be the only way somebody actually executes it is because they get to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. they'll do it because they got something invested. Yeah. No, but that makes sense because you have to have skin in the game sometimes. But no, I love what you've said, what you've laid out. And it's true. That's why there is, a, if you're at 150K and you're top 10% of incomers in the world, because most people just won't put the work in for it. I know that's a little harsh, but it's just true. You put the time, the effort, and the work in, you win. If you don't, you won't. I had a, I had a guy tell me one time, um, cause I was a part of another business and he said, coffee will never make a million dollars. And that's all I needed to know. Yeah. Game on. <laughs> so I have to ask you this question. Do yeah. you like winning more or hate losing more? Dude, I cannot believe you asked me that. I love this question. I ask people all the time. And I personally love winning versus hating losing mm -hmm. and this is why 
whenever you hate losing, winning becomes just a, it's a good day. It's a normal day because I'm expecting to win, which means it's, it's keel, mm -hmm. which means if I lose my day's ruined. If you get angry at the TV, when the Cowboys lose, you've got, you've got some screws loose that you need to change yeah. because you're letting something else affect you. Instead of being excited, they win. You're like, okay, great. We won next game. Let's go. Mm -hmm. You took all the joy out of the win. And so I love winning more and then expecting a bad day, expecting to lose. As a business owner, it's broken up into thirds, right? So basically every third day, you're going to have a bad one. Mm -hmm. And every third day, you're going to have an even kill day. And every third day, you're going to have a good day. So I'm expecting basically every three days to suck and get kicked in the face. Mm -hmm. like that's just entrepreneurship. Yes, it is. However, when I understand that, and this is what Andy Frisella said, he said, if you see it different, it feels different, which means the loss is not a terrible day. It's just another day in the book of an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So don't let it ruin the next one. Don't let it ruin your relationship at home and you go home yelling and angry. Don't let that you yell at an employee. Like what's past is past. And so I love winning for the aspect of I don't want the the, the loss to overtake me emotionally. Mm -hmm. And so no, that's good. When I'm even kill, I'm expecting, I'm, if I'm expecting to lose, the win is fantastic. Mm -hmm. When you're expecting the win, the loss is dramatic. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it makes sense. Like when I was younger in my sales career, I, I hated losing. That's just, I was motivated to have the chip on my shoulder. But now that I've gotten around more people and I've leveled up, it's like, it's like that gratitude thing. Like I Absolutely. love winning. I'm expecting to win. I'm putting that out there instead of, oh, I can't believe it. You know, and it, it took me a long time because I grew up in the Midwest and I grew up with that chip on my shoulder. I'm not going to lose. And now it's just like, I know now it's just a no now. It doesn't mean it's no, no forever. Who cares? Go on to the next person. When you look at sports, you know who loves to win and who hates to lose whenever you shake hands after the game. Yeah, 100%. Whenever you take a loss and you're still like, hey, guys, great game, man. I appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. At least you're thankful for being able to play, right? And when you're walking up there throwing your hat on the ground, kicking the dirt, it's like, why are you even here, dude? You're not getting paid. This is rec league. Yeah. You're not having fun. What are you doing? <laughs> Right. Like, so it's like at the end of the day, like that football player gets paid regardless mm -hmm. job. Right. And so if you don't close a sale that day, like just get them tomorrow, man. Like it's not over. Right? Yeah. You just struck out you get another bat. You know, yeah. I, as baseball players as a whole, you mm -hmm. lose more than you win. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a hall of famer. If you do 30%. Yeah. Yeah. If you're over 300, so, you are a hall of famer. So expect to lose. Yeah. So that's kind of my approach. It's just like, hey, like be thankful you got in that bat. And then when you do well, celebrate it. And when it doesn't go well, figure out what you did wrong, learn from it, and move forward. Yeah. It's not, no, it's I, not worth it. Yeah. I 100% love that and agree with that. And like I said, it goes back to you get around the right people. It changes your mindset and then you're not the top dog anymore and you level up. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Before I let you go, is there anything else you want to leave with uh, our listeners? Anything we missed or you wanted to touch on? 
you know, I heard this on a podcast one time that I was on and it's like, if you're listening, you're an entrepreneur, you're doing it. You might not have the best day, but be proud of yourself. Everyone else around you is, I promise you that because they wish they were you doing it. They're not happy with what they're currently doing and they envy what you're doing. And so be proud of yourself. Keep moving, keep doing, take action. And something I love to talk about all the time is that if it's 80% of what you want, go for it, do it, post it, send it, because it's never going to be 100%. So if you're waiting on it to be perfect, you're going to be waiting a really long time because you wouldn't be thinking about entrepreneurship if you did not strive to be better every single day. And to only be better, you have to practice and you have to do. If you wait for the video to be perfect and you never post it, it's never going to get better. And so practice makes perfect. And it's the pursuit of trying to be perfect, which we never will be. So settle for 80% and just keep going. That That's amazing. And I'm going to say this to all of you listening. This is an episode you need to re-listen to because you're going to miss some of it the first time you've listened to it. I'm going to go back and listen to it so I can catch it now that I'm not talking in it. Share it with your friends. Share with people that you know that maybe are dealing with this. And until next time, have an awesome, amazing Thank you for listening to the 150K Podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K Podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.